Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. It is episode 267 of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the new intro. Mike Gundy's a a, a big fan of, of Kyle Porter and myself, isn't he, Kyle? Carson, the odds of you giving yourself the Chuba, he's he's as pretty as they look quote, <laughs> were, uh, were not, Vegas did not, they, they just pulled them. Like, they, they were not available. You could not wager on that. I don't know. I mean, the... I would, I like being called fast too. So it, I think they're, they would, the odds definitely would have been in favor of the way it ended up, but I, I think it would have been on the board at least. I mean, I, I had some no, wheels back in the day. You, you, uh, you did a great job with it. I've been hollering all year about how I need to change the intro and then you take it in like three days and, and, uh, and, and make it, make it that. And hopefully people like it. I, the first time I listened to it, I was just, I, I took it I took it to my wife and I was like you got to listen to this and of course she is like not I mean she thought it was fine but but I sent it to uh I sent it to Marshall Scott and and Kyle Boone and Kyle Cox and uh Marshall said it was a 12 out of 10. So uh it's not just me. You you you've gotten props from everybody. It's it's very good. Okay, good deal. Hopefully we can keep it around for a while and and as we were talking about before the show started any more like fantastic Gundyisms might have to get thrown in as well. So we'll, we'll keep an open mind with it. He almost has, it's almost like he has too many. Like there's some coaches or, or players or whatever that you're like, you associate one phrase with them. And he's got like, he's got so many that I'm like, I don't, I mean, obviously I'm a man. I'm 40 is like the, the obvious go-to, but there's so many others that I, I don't even know what would be second. I mean, for us, it's, it's probably back at it, but that's probably not true of everybody. Yeah, I mean, what we could have put after my name and your name would be never says a word, doesn't talk, <laughs> loves football. That's those <laughs> the only ones I think we were really missing from the from the Gundy lexicon. I think I did notice the Cowboy Football Twitter account used back at it the other day. I did and notice that as well. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's I mean, just it's, it's on brand. I love it. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, you're in Stillwater this weekend. The big question out of Saturday, out of the weekend for me, did you see Cade Cunningham? What did, what what was what was your <laughs> did you did you take him to Joe's? Like what 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 went on in, in Stillwater? I did not see my cousin Cade. It was funny though. I was walking to the stadium and I saw Isaac Likely and several other uh, basketball players. I think they were new guys. I didn't quite recognize them just from the jump, but. There was no Cade Cunningham with them when I saw them, so I was like, I was kept looking for him, and uh, I didn't see Mike Boynton either. So you know, Boynton was wherever Cade was. So. Yes. But I did have I did have somebody tweet me and say that, uh, like I tweeted out the photos that Cade put up on his Instagram wearing the Curse of Cowboys jersey, which I must say looked pretty good. Mm. And someone responded and said they saw him down on the field and they saw Gundy, I guess, spotted him, and like, kind of walked over to him and like, danced a little bit. Uh, let me let me read the exact quote here so I don't get it get it wrong. He says I was down on the field. This is from um, Hammond. Uh, he says I was I was down on the field pregame Saturday. Gundy walks across the field over to Cade, starts dancing around, cutting up with him. I thought it was awesome. So Gundy doing some recruiting, doing recruiting for Mike Boynton. Love it. That's uh that's more recruiting than he's done for football recently. Hey, he got he got too many stars. Can't be having him on team. <laughs> He probably he, he probably wants him to play receiver, you know. He's probably trying to <laughs> trying to work that angle actually. He uh yeah, it man, it's just I don't know. Like I it's it's funny we talk about this. I'm I'm 34 and I feel like I'm more into recruiting now than when I was like 24 or like 19. And uh part of that is cuz it's part of, you know, our business, my business and I don't know, just Cunningham being there, there was a ton of excitement. There's a, there's a lot of other stuff. like Whenever you have a guy like that, there's always this wake of like stuff 
behind him, other players, um, just a lot of like news. And it is, there's just a lot there. And, and, and so there were some guys in Stillwater that, uh, maybe we didn't expect to be there. This JT Thor kid, like th- there's just, I don't know. There's a ton of excitement, not just with him, but, but around him. And I think that's something that you forget about when you talk about, you know, top five or top 10 guys in the country is they bring a lot with them, not just their own talent and ability. Absolutely. And I mean, did, did you see those photos with his family, his brother while wearing the OSU uniform? Yeah. Yeah. I've got him pulled up, right? His brother looks like he can play. Does he have any eligibility left? He's huge. He's tall. <laughs> yeah, he, He's used up his, he's exhausted his uh, NCAA eligibility, especially since he played for Larry Brown. That might've, that might've hindered some of his eligibility too. Cause <laughs> Larry was, I don't know how above board he was at, at SMU, but um, I mean it's it's crazy. I, I don't know if people realize just the magnitude of. I mean, I've read stuff where it's like Cunningham, if he came out this year, would be the would be the number one pick in the NBA draft. And you're like, he's wow. at an he's at an Oklahoma State McNeese football game this weekend. You know, it's just a it it it's hard to comprehend because like he hasn't. He hasn't really done it yet in terms of like making it as a pro, but but you you talk about him the way you would talk about, or you should talk about him the way you would talk about other potential you know top three picks in the NBA draft. And I think I think we'll look back on this and be like, oh, you know, that was that was a pretty big deal, you know, for him to be in just even to be in Stillwater. For sure. I mean, we'll look back and say, remember that time Kate Cunningham was at the McNeese game? Yeah. Um, but no, I, I just I look at that picture and I, I know the the recruiting, it's been up and down with him in terms of you know OSU's standing with him. But man, just seeing him in an OSU uniform next to his brother, who's a coach on the team, you got to think that's uh, a good sign for for Mike Boynton's chances of, of signing him. Just getting him on campus, and let's face it, Kyle, like Stillwater gets a bad rap from people who didn't go to school there. But like you and I went there, we we loved. OSU we like it was a, it's a great college town it's a great yeah. place to go to school and I think you don't you look at it on a map you look at it when you're driving from the Oklahoma City airport and you're like where am I going but once you're there I think people can fall in love with it so I think that's that's the hope for for Mike Boynton is getting him on campus and showing him what it's all about and it, it looks like he did so we'll, we'll we'll have to see where where he ends up but I, I still like OSU's chances do you like him in uh the two the number two uh, yeah, I like that. I like, I like any single digit really in basketball. I think, I think we've kind of seen that haven't we? Most, most guys are going with single digits, especially in the NBA, like the Thunders, whenever they, every time they get a new player, they, they want a single digit. So I don't, I don't hate it. Uh, Who's the last, uh, Obi Vanella, the last two they had. Um, I feel like uh, LeBron, LeBron Nash was number two. Oh uh, yeah. Good call. Great call. Uh, before we move on to the actual football game, I'm looking at, uh, speaking of, basketball recruits wearing jerseys did you see bryce thompson wearing jordan's number 23 in chapel hill wait what bryce thompson took a recruiting visit to north carolina and he's standing on the floor wearing number 23 in a carolina jersey is uh is that like a thing like do recruits wear like well no it doesn't say jordan on it it's just he's wearing number 23 Does, does he does he know like what does he know of MJ? Is he too young? No, no one, no one's too young for MJ. His I dad's mean, Rod. His dad's Rod Thompson. I'm sure he's educated him on who Michael Jordan is. But like, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, why are they still producing 23 jerseys for Carolina for people to wear? Well, maybe he requested it. I don't. I'm sure they. I'm sure they asked him what jersey number do you want to wear, and he probably asked for 23. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, want... do you think, do you think they just handed K the two? I think he probably asked for the number two. He didn't want 15 for, for VC. But, uh, you know, I, I was talking with my dad yesterday. I went over and had lunch with uh, – or dinner with my mom and dad over there. And my dad, my dad's all in on the recruiting now, I guess. And he yes. was like – his take was, you know, I, I love the Cade, Tom, uh, the Cade Cunningham kid, but I, I think Bryce Thompson's just as important. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's, he's grinding on, uh, on, on OSU basketball recruiting, which tells you all you need – Oh, people were fired up about OSU hoops. I got a text from a friend who said who was at the you, game. You can't you can't lo- you can't local you can't let local kids get away like that. That's what my dad said. Sorry. Sounds like Gundy. I know. Well, that was that was kind of a mix. 
I I got a text from a friend on Saturday who's at the game and said that Boynton is like a he's like a, he's like a like a rock star at the at the football games. <laughs> yeah, I mean they haven't even they haven't even done anything, Carson. Like they haven't even like sniffed a Big Twelve title, and he's just so beloved, and it's so it's so fascinating how you can like endear yourself to a fan base just based on recruiting. I mean, it really is a, a whole separate sport in and of itself. And it matters, you know, it matters. It, I mean, obviously it matters for like the teams you're putting together, but I just, I think it matters for like your perception as well. Right. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I think that part of it has been fascinating and hopefully it eventually comes. I think it is a long game and you have to be in on it. You have to like let it play out. But, uh, yeah, hopefully it comes to fruition eventually, and Boynton has some uh, just loaded teams in Stillwater. His approval rating is, is sky high. Um, and one last note before we move on to football. I know people are wondering why we're not talking about that yet. But it was, like, late in the fourth quarter when the stadium was, like, empty. They ran a huge, like, buy season tickets for basketball promo. Like, it was, like, an intro video with, like, former greats and stuff. I'm like, I turned to Brian Keating, like, why didn't they play this in the first quarter when this place had 50,000 people in it? It was yeah. just kind of odd timing but but no i mean i, I saw boyden w- walking down the field and people were just like reaching their hands out to shake his hand his, his approval ratings sky high yeah it is uh okay football can, can we okay mcneese whatever like is there anything you're at the game is there anything that you walk away from that game be like okay i, I learned this or th- this happened and it shifted the way that i think about this or is it kind of just like okay, they won, nobody's, you know, no skill position guys are seriously hurt, they just move on to Tulsa. Oh, I think you can glean two major things from this. The The offense was sloppy to the point where you, I think they read their headlines all week. I think Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard and the offense as a whole was like, you know what, we're, we're the best thing ever. And I think they got a little bit of a rude awakening there, and they thought they thought they were just going to march up and down the field, and and they were put in some bad field position spots by the the punt team, which continues to be just a disaster. <laughs> they can't even catch a punt. But I just thought the offense came out slow, came out sluggish. Gundy said I thought Gundy was great in the post game, talking about how they were flat, didn't like how they played at all in the first half. But that, that was my main takeaway: is OSU kind of got a, a wake up call that they're not just going to roll out of bed and score seventy. But I, I do think it was very encouraging, not only that the defense got you know three and outs, obviously got the pick six to start the game. They were put in some bad positions by the offense. You know, the, the yeah. field posi- they were losing the field position battle pretty handily and needed like a quick stop several times and, and got them. And I don't care who this defense, that's an improvement. I thought that was very encouraging. Yeah, I'm with you on the offense thing. I, I think that, I mean, you look at, the marker of last year's team and it's inconsistency, right? You don't know what you're getting. You don't know if you're getting the K state game. You don't know if you're getting the, the OU or the Texas, you know? And I just don't want to see that again this year. I don't want that to be the story of this season. And and if you bring it, I mean, if you take a bigger picture and you want to talk even like more broadly, think about like they're inconsistent. Think about how, so, so they started the game slow, but think about how slow they've started conference play in recent years. And this was one of the points that I made in my 10 thoughts. It's not just like the micro, the granular of the actual game. It's, it's bigger picture. It's starting uh, the big 12 slow. And so maybe this is like a, a microcosm of what they're going to be later on. I hope not, but they're two and five in their last seven big 12 openers. And they got Texas in two weeks and you can't, you can't continue to uh, you can't continue to start like that against Big Twelve teams and and get away with it. You can do you can do whatever. I mean, just, I mean whatever against McNeese and even Oregon State and probably Tulsa, but you can't do that against Texas. You can't do that against even like a Baylor and an Iowa State. And so they they really they have to figure that out offensively and defensively. We saw that against Oregon State. Defensively, they come out and it's like. Did you guys know the game started or no? Because they just Oregon State scored in like six plays, so they have to figure out that first quarter thing, and more broadly, they have to figure out the first part of the Big Twelve season. I'm sorry, I just got breaking news across my timeline. Uh, Oklahoma State's Mike Boynton was in at midnight uh, at Bryce Thompson's house for an in-home visit, and I guess Long Kruger and three assistants will do an in-home visit later today. 
after he visited North Carolina. So Mike Boynton does not sleep. He's at Bryce Thompson's house at midnight. Wow. So that's uh, that's the latest on, on Mr. North Carolina or the guy who just took a visit to North Carolina. But no, I, Kyle, I think you're right. I think I think Tylen Wallace, who we'll talk about in a second, kind of bailed out a, a very very poor performance from the offense. They, they couldn't hardly run the ball very much with Chuba. They didn't really try to run it with Chuba that much. It seemed like Mike Gundy was content to, to rest Chuba once, uh, once they got the, got the lead. But, but I mean, he took just a simple, you know, screen essentially to the house to really kind of open the game up. And is he going to be able to do that against Texas as not, he certainly is capable, but I don't think you can, just rely on a simple screen pass and, and Tyler. I just I think they were just a little overconfident, and I think that's a good thing. I think Tulsa's got a decent defense, so they're gonna. I think they're gonna come out much more ready to play next week. But, but the offensive line, which was graded, you know, the greatest performance of all time last week. I didn't think they played as well. <laughs> no, no, they and did just not. yeah. I mean, I just just overall, it was just kind of a sluggish performance that, that Tylen Wallace just refused to let them, you know punt anymore that's yeah. basically what it came down to yeah i want to talk about thailand uh one note real quick spencer sanders was asked in his little one-on-one interview afterwards with um what's i don't want to get her name Je- wrong uh, jessica, jessica mori jessica yeah. mori yeah she did a great former, job with it. former former kocl intern jessica there Mori. there you go she was great that's the first time i think that was her first time doing that and she did a great job but she was asking spencer about what he what uh what Gundy said at halftime and he basically like looked away from her and just like whistled and was like insinuating that he could not repeat most of the things that Gundy said at halftime. <laughs> so it's, it's good to see that like Gundy is seeing some of this stuff and is like fired up about it because I I don't know. I think last year, I don't know if he would have done that. I, I think he sort of admitted that he, that he maybe wouldn't have been as fired up about something like that as, as he is this time around. So yeah, hopefully they come out and, and, uh, you know, kind of throttle Tulsa a little bit in the first quarter of the way that they should. Uh, do you want to talk about Tylen? I do. My gosh. I mean, and I said it after the Oregon state game, he looks like, did he grow? Is he bigger? Like what, what's, I, I don't, <laughs> do you see what I'm seeing? Like, doesn't he look like different? Uh, yeah. Not only does he look bigger, when did he turn into Tyreek Hill? When, yeah. when did he start just blazing down the sideline where he not, not only do defenders not gain ground, they lose ground. Like when he started doing like the high knees down the sideline, it, it was over. Like, I don't remember him being that fast well, or yeah, that, that physical or, that, I mean, that's the thing. He hasn't even he hasn't even really caught a deep ball yet. I mean, he's had, he's had a couple of sideline passes where he, he kind of moss people, but he hasn't done the James Washington, like 75 yards over the middle and, and nobody really touches him. Like he, he's taking these like eight yard passes and turning them into 80 yard gains. I mean, it, it's, I, I, and I get it. Like it's Oregon state and McNeese, but good grief. I mean, it, it's, it's been amazing. Yeah, I mean, I thought your 10 thoughts I thought was was perfect. Your first thought was on Tylen Wallace. And, and I thought this too in the moment. Like when when I saw him run down the sideline and just looked like, you know, a, a dad playing against peewee football kids. <laughs> That's what it looked like. It just looked I like a, a grown adult against children. And it, it did remind me of Blackman. So I was really... I was really happy you wrote that in your 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 piece or your ten thoughts because that's he's doing stuff that Justin Blackman did and that's the yeah. highest compliment I can give because you know Justin Blackman's career didn't didn't turn out great in the NFL obviously didn't didn't work out for him but in college that guy's the best wide receiver I've ever seen and yep. the most dominant and most yeah. physically dominant even more so than Dez like Dez was obviously a physical dominant force and caught the fade routes and just moss dudes but but Blackman just like demoralized people that he played against. And yeah. that's, that's what I'm seeing from Thailand. And it's, it's unbelievable to watch. And I said this on crashing the boards last night, like OSU has a legit claim to wide receiver. You, you know, you had Texas barking all week that they were DBU, which was a joke. <laughs> they've had, they've had Earl Thomas and that's about it over the last 20 years. And OSU can rightfully claim wide receiver you right now because they should have four Bolitnikovs because I thought Tylen should have won it last year. They got two with Blackman, one with James Washington. Uh, Dez was a finalist. 
Rashawn Woods should have been a finalist. I can't remember if he was or not, but OSU's got a legit claim to wide receiver U and, and look no further than, than Tyler. And I thought he was just out of this world good against McNeese. Who else is out there? Wide receiver U. Whoops. Besides your dog. dog barking again. Yeah. Uh, OU? SC? Alabama? Alabama? I mean, they. SC? Yeah, Alabama. Right, wide receiver U? Yeah, Julio. They had the they, they had the Blitnikoff last year. I'll give them that with Jerry Judy. They, uh, they did have Julio. They had. Uh, I mean, they've had a ton of pros. Uh, I don't know uh, who I would put up there at wide receiver. You, uh, Michigan has to be up there. Uh, they've had a lot of Michigan. Yeah. What? Uh, Desmond Howard. Um, Braylon Edwards. I mean, I'm talking just pure college ability. Braylon Edwards obviously didn't have a great pro career, but um, okay. So Alabama wide receivers in the NFL: Mari Cooper. Um, let's oh, see. Okay. Uh, who else we got? Julio. Calvin Ridley. I, for, I forgot. I forgot about Amari and uh, Calvin Ridley. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. And and then Judy. So the, I mean, if you're talking like last ten or fifteen years, they've been. Okay. And it, and I'll, a, I'll allow it. <laughs> it's a it's a little weird because like they don't their their numbers don't really pop in college just because of what they do, and then they get into the NFL and you're like, oh my gosh, like this guy's unbelievable. I think SC's up there probably, maybe less so the last few years, but you know the the Keyshawn, the Mike Williams, um, you know you had a lot of guys like that that were that were pretty awesome for USC, but. I agree with you. Like Oklahoma State is like can go toe to toe with any of those teams in terms of like their top tier wide receiver talent. Okay, here's it. It's it might be Clemson or LSU. Clemson. Clemson. Jerron Brown, Martavis Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Humphreys, Artavis Scott, Sammy Watkins, Mike Williams. Those guys are all in the league. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, LSU, Odell Beckham, Malachi Dupree, I haven't heard of something, Brandon LaFell, Jarvis Landry, Russell Shepard, James Wright, uh, Clemson. How funny SC's is it? That, up there. No, you're right. How funny is it that uh, LSU has had all these receivers but no quarterback until 2019? I know. It's crazy. Or no, or no passing game, I guess, until 2019. I thought about that when I watched LSU beat Texas over the weekend. You know, how, how much different would – when Mason Rudolph's career had been, because you know he was recruited by LSU, mm. a lot of the a lot of the SEC school SEC schools whiffed on him, but he would have been at LSU just a little too far ahead of schedule because they they had no idea what they were doing on offense when he was in college. Yeah, yeah. And now they they finally figured it out and, and can spread out some of those weapons. But uh, kinda, I, I can think about that. They're kind of scary. Like I don't I yeah. There are years for like. We talk about like Oklahoma State wanting to play LSU, like obviously eleven, and there are other years where I'm like, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I think Oklahoma State could like roll with LSU. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I want Oklahoma State to play LSU right now. Uh, I mean, th- they gave up some points to to Sam Ellinger, but uh, no, they they just have freaks everywhere. I mean, and, and Joe Burrow looked looked awesome. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a bit much for for me. He's a lot. He's a lot to take in. He was going bananas, wasn't he? Yeah, there, there's a there's a lot going on there. Uh, I I don't know. Part of me likes it, but part of me is like, okay, like it's week two, you know. Well, let's let's check back in week eleven. But um, okay. Speaking of quarterbacks, Drew Brown played. Do you have any Spencer Sanders stuff? I I was kind of like, yeah, it is what it is. Like he he. I think my main thing with him is like he's he's an elite runner already. Like he's like the stiff arm he had out of the backfield, like uh, next to his own goal line. He's just he provides a he provides another option on offense that is just it, it makes you so dynamic. And I think it's going to be problematic for Big Twelve teams in the future. But I, I there wasn't a ton for me there to to kind of glean from his second start. I did think it was kind of telling that they had to run him as much as they did. That, that kind of told me they were having some trouble uh, blocking and, and just running with the running backs because he had more carries than Chuba in the first yeah. half. I mean, he had like 12 carries, like design yeah. carries. Yeah. And he still doesn't know how to slide. He took a shot right on the sideline one time. That's I was not like, man, good. he's got yeah. to avoid that. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did think that was 
kind of a bad sign that they had to run him as much. But no, you're right. I mean, the, the stiff arm was un- incredible. He's just got a different. He's got a different level of burst that you just don't see at the quarterback position. It, yeah. He looks like a running back when he when he gets the ball. So that's that's something they I think they can keep in their back pocket against you know a crucial third and three. He can keep it on his own read and go get a first down. That that'll be huge come come conference play. Yeah, and I mean it does. I, I don't know. Like this is probably always true, but a lot of it just goes back to like what how good is the offensive line? Like are are you? And they looked amazing against Oregon State and pretty average against a FCS team. And uh, I don't know. I'm interested to see how they are against Tulsa. I, I do want to talk about Drew Brown. Just, I don't know. I mean, it's third, it's third and fourth quarter against McNeese, so whatever. But he looked pretty good, right? He looked very efficient. I mean, that, that touchdown pass he had was nice. He, he dropped it in there. Uh, I mean, I thought he... My my thought when I watched him play was, man, OSU's in a, in a good position at the quarterback position. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're pretty set because he showed he could come in and run the offense smoothly. That wasn't always the case with backup quarterbacks at OSU. Sometimes when those backups got in, it, it just got a little it got a little just discombobulated. And I yep. thought Gundy made a great point, too, in postgame. And this is totally true, and it's, it's really almost not fair to Drew. And he... <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have to cut that out. <laughs> no, leave this is not my dog. This is not my it. dog. Whose dog is it? Do you my have a girlfriend's dog? Do you have an intruder? It's my girlfriend's dog. <laughs> uh, that's great. Oh, man. Anyway, um I thought Gundy made a great point after the game just it's not fair to Drew and he's overcome that in that He's playing with guys who don't play together a lot. He's yeah. playing with backups, and yeah. it still ran pretty seamless. So I thought that was encouraging. Yeah, I think my big thing with him is, like, I, I think that he is going to matter at some point this season. I mean, if they keep running Sanders 12 times a half, it's not sustainable. I mean, we've seen this in the past with with uh, Walsh and Shelf. It's like it's good to have two guys. And what they did last year with Cornelius, it, it it's – it's pretty rare for a guy to just make it all the way through a 13 game season. And do I want that to happen? Obviously not. Like, do I want Sanders to play every snap? Sure. But it, I don't know. I, I really think it's, it's almost to me more important to have, especially if you're Oklahoma state and you're, and you're running your quarterbacks a lot to have that depth at quarterback rather than at like running back or, or receiver or somewhere else. Like I, I just, I think Drew Brown's going to play a, a meaningful half or game or something this year, and we're going to see the kind of validity of, of having two, I mean, one really good quarterback and one who looks to be pretty good as well. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And doesn't this kind of dismiss the notion that that Gundy had after the Oregon State? Like, oh, man, just Spencer played so good, we couldn't, we couldn't take him out. Like, isn't it obvious that – Drew Brown's the backup and Spencer's the starter. Can yeah, we can we which, move on past that narrative? Why, I don't know why we can't just say that. Like it's a it's a it's a fine yeah. thing. Like it's an okay thing to say. Like it is yeah. what it is. And he doesn't have to say it. I just I thought that was just weird when he, the way he phrased it after the Oregon State game. But it, it's become clear that Spencer's the guy, barring injury, and and Drew Brown's capable. So that's that's encouraging moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Okay, we're gonna do a, a new segment this week. We're gonna call it. Uh, we're, we're still workshopping the name. We, we made up this name about two and a half minutes before uh, the podcast <laughs> started. So if you got any ideas or if, if uh, you think of anything, let us know. You can tweet at us, get in the forums, whatever. Um, forums have been popping, by the way. People are getting fired up at each other, wrestling takes. Nice. Boone's dropping some... some Seth, uh, Seth Duckworth getting after it with the wrestling takes? Yeah, he, his stuff is so good. Uh, he's He's been awesome. Uh, people people are loving that. Um, yeah, Boone had some post-Oregon State uh, nuggets, some, some source stuff. So that's been fun. People should go check that out uh, if they haven't. But uh, it's called Rising and Falling. Uh, we're going to just roll through a couple of guys that we think are uh, on the rise and a couple, couple of guys that, uh, you know, might be – not falling off a cliff, but just trajectory in the wrong direction. So who's up first for you, Carson? Uh, my first rising would be uh, Colby Peel. I just, I love this guy. Uh, he's the definition of a dog. And I thought he was 
just kind of flying around to the football. He got a, he had a big hit on a stop to force a punt early in that game that I thought was pretty big. And he just kind of seems to be kind of the the heart and soul of that, of that defense. So I, I loved what I saw out of him. He was energetic, flying around, and uh, he stuck out to me. That's my first one. Yeah, he he's got some swagger too. I really like him. And he's a dog. I don't know if he's a pro. I think he could be, but uh, he's he's awesome. And they just they need a bunch of guys like him on defense. My I'll go falling since you went rising. Uh, DeAndre Glass, uh, freshman. He's uh, so he uh, he committed to Oklahoma State. I think it was during one one of the like national All American games or whatever. And he said, I'm going to Oklahoma State, freshman, win the Heisman, let's go. And you're like, okay, well, we'll see. Uh, he gets in the game late against McNeese, fumbles, and my first thought was, well, that's kind of going to be a hit on his Heisman campaign uh, early, early on. Uh, obviously kidding because he's like the fourth guy. But I just he, – he's just – I don't know. Like you see Justice Hill come in as a freshman and start and be awesome. And so you're like, well, this is – this is possible. Like somebody could do this, but he's just—I don't. It looks out of shape and like not. I—I I don't know. I, I am. I have not been impressed with what I've seen from him so far. No, I, I would agree. Now it's been very limited, small sample size, but um, it doesn't appear he's going to climb the depth chart this season. Um, since should I just be the positive guy and you be the negative guy? Can I just do another rising? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, do it. I'll do. I'll do. A, I'll do a falling. Um, I'm gonna stick with the running back position. I mean, I think that's a concern of yours. The, the number two running back position, LD Brown, four carries for ten yards, two and a half yards per carry. I. I was very high on him last year. When he would come in, he would break some runs. And through two games, it's, again, it's two games, he had seven carries for eight yards against Oregon State. It doesn't appear he's made the most of his limited amount of, of carries so far. So I, I got to put him in there as, as well. Uh, yeah, I've got a stat on the running backs later on. But it, uh, yeah. Well, you were, you were high on him last week, though. I mean, I'm high on him as a player, but just his stock right now is his form. I guess isn't isn't great through two games. So I got I got to pick somebody. I mean, they killed McNeese State. That's all, that's yeah. what I got. <laughs> so here is uh, here's something that I wrote about today. So I went back and looked. Like, do you need a good second running back? Do you need a good third running back? How important is that to Oklahoma State? So 2013, they play OU for the Big 12 title. Should have won it. Did not. Their top two runners that year, Desmond Rowland and Jeremy Smith. Okay? So, would you rather have Desmond and Jeremy Smith or Chuba and, say, LD? I'd rather have, I'd rather have uh, Chuba and... Marshall Scott. And uh, what's, what's the guy that transferred to Tulsa that we loved? The short little bowling ball? Oh, Rennie Childs? No, the short little oh, uh, bowling ball guy. Jeff Carr. No. Oh, I can't remember his name. He had that he had that decent game in Lubbock that one year. I know He's, you're talking about, but I don't remember. I'd rather I, have Chuba and nameless guy that we can't remember because we're old. But uh, <laughs> God, what was his? That is gonna bug me. I'll I'll look it up. What? Give, give me a uh, what was he like? He was like 14, right? Years old. No, <laughs> Raymond Taylor, Raymond Taylor, Ray Tay. That's what it was. Ray Tay. I'd rather have Chuba and Ray Tay just cause I get Chuba. <laughs> so that, that's an well, easy one to answer. I don't and, know if that's supposed to be a hard question or not. Well, and that's my point. And, and you look at 15, their top two rushers. Uh, well, actually in, in 15, I've got this right in front of me. I didn't even see it. Their top two running back rushers were Chris Carson, 517 yards, and Ray Tay, Raymond Taylor, 297 yards. There you go. He was their second. He was their second leading rusher. From I mean, J.W. Walsh had like 350, but from a running back perspective, Ray- Raymond Taylor was their second leading rusher. So would you rather have Chris Carson and Raymond Taylor or Chuba and L.D. Brown? I mean, I-, I guess my point is like I think you can. And that 15 team also played for the Big 12 title against OU. I think you can accomplish what you want to accomplish 
without having a ton of depth at running back. Now, if you want to talk about 2020 or 2021, then there are some issues. But I think for 2019, I, I, I think they're okay. Now, all of this is obviously negated if something happens to Chuba. Yeah, I mean, that that's the difference. It's it's like when they lost Dez and went to, um, you know, your second team receiver is not it's, – it's a little harder for him to carry the load, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm rising – Trace Ford, Carson. Oh boy, oh boy. He is. Uh, he play, he's. So I compared him to Jabril Jabril Peppers of Michigan after the after the game on Saturday. It's probably a little little much after two college games, but he's all over the field. They drop him in coverage. They've got him up front. He's batting down passes. He's defending passes in the secondary. I I don't know if there's such a thing as like positionless defense like we've seen in in basketball. But if there is, I want more Colby Peels and I want more Trace Fords because those guys are spectacular. And Malcolm Rodriguez, you know, yes. those are pretty pretty positionless players there. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I thought he, Kyle. I don't want to get you know too far ahead of myself, but he's got some massive potential, and yeah. he's already making plays as a as a true freshman. And uh, Brian Keating knows a friend of the family, and of Trace Ford, and. He came home after like uh, his first, you know, few months in the program, and they like were like, "What in the world have you been?" Eat-? He just was huge because he always like <laughs> he was always had a good he always had a good frame and was super athletic. That's why Gundy and them liked him. Obviously, he's a good football player, but I think the body by glass thing just like jumped him up a couple levels to where he looks more like a an NFL player than a college football player just in his, in terms of his body. Uh, so man, his, his potential is just through the roof and just looks like he should have been highly, more highly rated by the, the recruiting services. He's been, he's been thoroughly impressive so far. Yep. He's awesome. Uh, okay. You got uh, one more. Yeah. One more. <laughs> I'm gonna try to say this name. I've got aim and Ogbon Miga on bog on bong Miga. Uh, they don't have a pronounce. Oh, here it is. There's a pronunciation guide. Amen. Ogbong Bemiga. Ogbong Bemiga. Ogbong Bemiga. You sound like you've been drinking some coops over there. <laughs> some Vaders. Well, I'm stuck in the Vader. Amen. Ogbong. Ogbong Bemiga. Yeah, that's. I thought it. he looked great, and I, I loved your uh, your ten thoughts when you said you thought Bundage was out there because I had the exact I, I same thought. Because the number eleven on those jerseys, it's so the two digits are so close together, it looked like a one. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Calvin Munger's back. Didn't know that, but it was it was Amen, and he's he's been really good so far. I think he's been an excellent uh, linebacker for OSU. That was a huge question mark coming into this season, but he's played very well. And I thought he had a, he had a big sack early on in that game. So I mean, uh, he's he's his stock is rising for sure. Yeah, I I like him too. I think he's a good player. Another Canadian, just raiding canada just bring me all the all the canadians uh love it i'll go positive again my last one philip redwine bryant uh he got a he got a pick uh on saturday late and uh it was awesome everybody loves him like he he's got a really great story and he he earns a scholarship and like all these different things and but he gets this pick and he gets like stonewalled at like the two inch line trying to get in but he didn't he didn't die. Like, look, you are not, you are probably, this is your senior year. You're probably not getting a chance to score. You have to like try to dive into <laughs> the, into the stands to, to score that <laughs> late against McNeese. Like that's your, that's your moment. And, uh, he got stonewalled at the goal line. And then another, uh, fan favorite, uh, locker room favorite, uh, whose name I don't remember. Micah Cooper, uh, ends up scoring so pretty uh pretty cool little two walk-ons yeah pretty cool little uh segment there for for those two guys yeah that was pretty cool i mean he got stopped on like the the one centimeter line i thought he tried to score i think you're being a little hard on him but he did try to (laughs) score i'm not saying that but he he has to like dive he has to (laughs) flail just throw you i mean they're gonna give you the touchdown it's not like they're gonna review something in the fourth quarter against mcneese yeah, that's true. I have one more falling real quick. Okay, go ahead. 
if if you were asking me to rank the entire offensive roster on who's who's the least likely to fumble, I would say Dylan Stoner. And he got stripped and, and fumbled. And my gosh, the punt returning is has not it's gotten not any better this it's, year. You have to at least it might be get getting underneath worse. the ball and catch it. Like this is the this bar that we're going underneath with the punt returning. They they don't they can't even just catch the ball to prevent it from rolling twenty yards. I thought that yeah. put the team in just a horrible position several times. So that that's something they gotta they gotta fix. But um but that's uh you know, Stoner is gonna start, he's gonna play a lot of football and he's he's a good player. I just if if I had to rank the roster on who's gonna fumble he would have been dead last. Uh it's unbelievable to me that he still has as much eligibility as he does. I know we talk about this all the time. He's got, I mean, he's got like 25 games left in Stillwater. How's that <laughs> That's possible? Nuts. That's wild. It is wild. Okay, let's get to this week's uniform review brought to you by Chris's University Spirit. Your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Uh, Carson, I... Uh, I got to say this. I I don't I'm not anti-gray. There's this like faction of of uh I don't even know if that's the right word. There's a there's a segment of Oklahoma State fans that are just like they just hate gray. Like they can't do it. I'm not among those people, but you can't you can't go gray in the middle of September when it's 100 degrees out. <laughs> because inevitably you end up with like four different shades of this. And I don't know what, like use it in moderation, right? Like you don't, it doesn't have to be like a gray out. I, I just, I don't know. I didn't love it. They did it. I think they did it last year. Didn't they against tech? Yes. They went all gray and there's just so many, there's so many better combos. It's not, the, it's not the worst, but it, it it's just, I don't know. I didn't love it. I hated it. I mean, and, and there's several ways that I hated it. <laughs> First, as you just said, they wore it last year. Like, why are you retreading a a bad combination? Like, I wanted to see a tricolor. I, I made that point known. But Kyle, ever since they debuted the 2011 uniforms, the combo I have been begging to see was black, gray, black. They were so close. Why would you not just throw on the black pants with this combination if you're gonna wear it why would you go gray gray again which you they, did it last year like i I, I would like just to try more combos that's that to me was like the worst part about it it's like you just did this like why yeah. why go back to this like how cool would black gray black have looked they love the one two two look they love going they like do. last, last oh. year they went white orange orange and black gray gray and I, yeah, I, I just they, you have all these combinations. Why are you retreading a bad one? I just that that was my overall opinion of it. And I just and when are we ever going to see black gray? I've been wanted I've wanted it for eight years now. Let's see it. Let's do it. Not in September either. Like yeah, do that, you, that that's like, a great what, combo for like a November you yeah. know top twenty five game. Yes. Do you like if you if you're going to like let's say you are going to a concert outside in Oklahoma city in like <laughs> may, are you wearing a gray t-shirt? Like a tight <laughs> no, gray t-shirt? Stains no, would be real. no, there's no chance. I, I don't understand. <laughs> like, and I, I get that I'm making too big of a deal out of this, but it just, it looks goofy. Like it just looks weird. Yeah. And just to your point about the moderation, like how about black, orange, gray, mm. you know, like the gray accent with the pants is nice. You know, or a you know, you know anything. I don't know. Just the the gray on gray was was not a good look, and I don't know why they keep doing it. Yeah, I think if you yeah, okay, we spent too much time on this. Uni, do you have a uni Heisman? Yes, I do. You go first. Uh, I got I got Colby Peel. Like because of the fluorescent mouthpiece, is that does that stick out to you? Well, I didn't notice. I saw Trey Sterling was wearing like that baby blue that my kids called a passy, a pacifier, which was hilarious. They're like, "Why does he have a pacifier?" <laughs> it's like, "Well, let me tell you about the uh, the rigors of football and how you lose your teeth if you don't wear a pacifier." Uh, no, I just and maybe it's less like his uniform and just like how you always like he's the guy on defense where you like always know where he is. Like he's just got so much. 
I don't know, moxie and swagger. And like, he's just, he just kind of pops. I, I just, I really like him. I like, I like his number too. I think it's great for a safety. Yeah, I agree. I like, I like Spencer Sanders. I like the little like sleeve he was wearing on his, on his leg. That was a nice little accent. But, but my guys, my guys, Jordan McRae. Okay. He, he just looks like created, like if you create a wide receiver and you get to like <laughs> put together his, his accents, I mean, I think, Jordan McRae is pretty close. You got the dreads out the helmet, the the passy mouthpiece, the wristbands. <laughs> I, I like the look. I think he, he's put together. What'd and he wears about... uh he wears Gundy's number, number twelve. Yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Darius Bowman in. transfer. Darius Bowman. Yeah. Uh Dax Garman too. What uh what'd you think about CJ Moore's touchdown? I mean, I I thought he looked like the heir apparent to Tylen Wallace. Yeah. You know, he's this is Tylen Wallace's last year. We can all agree, and you, you kind of look ahead to next year a little bit at the receiver position. Who's going to be the big play guy? I think C.J. Moore's made the case it's going to be him. I mean, he's another you know highly recruited four star like Tylen Wallace, and he looks the part. I think um, I, I'm pl- I'm pleasantly surprised with how many plays he's already made through two games. I, I yeah. thought he'd play a lot this year. I was a little dubious whether he'd be the second or, or even third leading receiver, but he looks like a guy that come Big 12 play, you can rely on to go make a big play. And, and I know he's done it mostly when the games have been out of hand, but um, he's proven he can step up and make a big play. I think that's very encouraging. Yeah, he. Yeah, I think we're going to look back on him and and Tylen being on the same team and be like, oh wow, that was that was pretty special. That was pretty yeah, awesome. No doubt. Um, okay. Let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and we'll come back and wrap things up. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma, is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly. Shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson. I got one interesting thing. You want to go first or do you want me to? I've got two. Okay. So you want, you want both? Yeah, you go and then I'll go and then you, you close this out. Okay, I'll save my best one for last. Uh, last night I was watching the Steelers and Patriots. Uh, I think I think Ben Roethlisberger, Kyle, is so upset that the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph. He just refuses to throw the ball to James Washington. He hit him on a he hit, <laughs> he hit him on a deep ball in which, of course, James got you know three yards past this guy and, and Roethlisberger hit him. But there were several times where he was wide open in the end zone. Roethlisberger looks at him and just tucks it and tries to go somewhere else. Cricket. And he kept trying. He kept trying to throw it to Dante Moncrief, who had like three drops, had no idea where to go on the feet. Like, if the Steelers want to win a football game this year, they need to start throwing the ball to James Washington. That was my my one interesting thing from last night. That's a good one. I didn't watch any of that game, but um, yeah, it's always advisable to get James Washington the football. My one interesting thing going back, I said I had a number, a, a statistic for the running backs. So through two games. Uh, and this will be no surprise for people that have watched Spencer Sanders and Chuba Hubbard are averaging 7.2 yards a carry. That's an elite number. That's an unbelievable number. And they've carried it 59 times. The re- everybody else who's carried it, they've carried it 36. So a little more than a half of what Sanders and Chuba have. They're averaging 2.8 yards a carry. So there's a five-yard difference when you're giving it to Chuba and Spencer versus everybody else. And somebody needs to close that gap. Um, you know, just, I guess, well, I guess that goes against what I said earlier, that they don't need a, a second running back. But it just hasn't been, it's been the Chuba and Spencer show. And again, sustainability and, and injury worries, you don't know if they can keep that up all year. Yeah, I agree. They were they averaged like three point eight as a team too, even despite you know Spencer's running and and Chuba's. I, I will say it, it did kind of look like McNeese just being at the game, the way they were playing with their safeties, was 
they almost looked determined to let anybody else beat them but Chuba. And I think that's when Gundy kind of just shut them down and, and they, they went through the air more. That's why they threw, they threw the ball a ton in the first half, way more so than, than running the ball. Yeah. So I, I will I will preface it with that. And, and you saw the result. I mean, if teams are going to do that to Chuba and they're going to leave Tylen out on an island like that, like, good luck. So, and Gundy Tyler always Yeah. I mean, Gundy always says, you know, the defense determines run pass because he was asked about why they threw it so much in the first half. And that's what he said. And I, I, Kyle, I kind of think it's time defenses start running the, the James Washington high safety over on, on Tylen if they're smart. Yeah, but then remember again. What, remember when Texas did that and they scored 10 points? Yeah, but I mean that's Shoot, just going to open up things t- for Chuba. Yeah, I mean I was going to say, I mean good luck, no safety <laughs> covering for those linebackers when Chuba gets past them. So yeah, yeah. Uh, my my last one interesting thing is kind of back to the Tywin Walls discussion. I mean I don't think this was talked about enough last year by you, me, or anybody else. Like he had the fifth best season in OSU history receiving yeah. total wise. More, he had more receiving yards than Dez did in 2008. And Dez, Dez 2008 is up there in the pantheon yep. of like just dominant receiver seasons. So not only has this guy already had one of the best seasons ever, he looks even better this year. I mean, he, he just – I just – what else can you say about the guy? He's a, he's a superstar, and yep. uh, he's, he's a joy to watch. He's on pace for 60 receptions, 1,600 yards, and 30 touchdowns through two games. <laughs> so On pace that- guy? That, uh, yeah, Oklahoma State was on pace for 560 points after the pick six on Saturday. Didn't, <laughs> didn't quite get there, but, uh, but even if he, even if he like, you know, I don't know. Like, and, and it's not a, like his best work last year, his two best games were against Texas and OU. So it's not as if he's just like piling up numbers against the McNeese's and South Alabama's of the world. He's doing it in, in like the biggest game. So I am. I could not be more excited for the rest of his season and to see, yeah, can he get into that like top two or three that Rashawn, James Washington, Blackman, uh, you know, what what is his what do his numbers look like at the end of this year at the end of his at the end of his junior year compared to all those guys? Yep, he's he's certainly trending. You know, that's he's already in that company with in terms of the season he had last year. So it's gonna be fun to watch for sure. Okay. That's all I got, Carson. Thanks for the new intro. Thanks to everybody for listening. And we'll be back later in the week with a a preview of Tulsa and, uh, yeah, some more Oklahoma State talk. Sounds good. Talk to you then. Hey, get get that dog under control. Yeah. I'll do that. (laughs) Talk to you later.